Hey there, you hopheads and malt brains. You're listening to Drinking Socially, Untapped's official podcast, and your inside look at what's happening in the Untapped community in the world of beer. This episode is brought to you by Firestone Walker, celebrating 25 years of beer before glory. A ton more of that real soon. And as always, remember, like, subscribe, follow us, where we have follow things online. Lots of exciting interviews coming up the rest of this season. If you haven't seen it yet on Untapped's YouTube page, Next Exit, the newest Next Exit episode dropped. Kenny goes to Baltimore, has a blast. Check that out. And as a reminder, our kind of classic coupon code podcast that works or has historically worked at the Untapped online store now works at Hop Culture's online store, Beer Advocates online store. Save yourself some money, get 20% off, podcast, all caps, holidays are coming up, but you don't need an excuse, treat yourself. Beanies are always cool, um, and I think we have some. Someone has some, it's one of those stores, maybe. Maybe they don't, maybe they do now. Maybe they're right now frantically because I said this, creating a beanie, because they don't have any. Not my problem, no problems today. Today is going to be a blast. We have a craft beer legend on the show today. If there were craft beer trading cards... I think his would be more sought after the 1980 Topps Magic Jordan uh, Julie Johnson rookie card. Um, if there was a Mount Rushmore of beer, like a Mount Beermore, uh, he'd be on it, probably with a DBA in his hand, maybe as a lion. Um, when it comes to brewing creativity, I mean, he makes Professor Philip Brainyard, who invented Flubber, look like Ethan Zuckerman, who invented the pop-up ad. Ugh, Ethan, get out of here. What I'm trying to say is that when it comes to being a pioneer and experimenting with what beer can be or could be, really only a few names come up as early champions of, of that idea of pushing kind of what beer is forward. And David Walker, co-founder of Firestone Walker Brewing Company, and our guest today, I mean, he's at the top of that list. So he's brought us gifts, a classic beer that we all should know, another one that's the first of its kind for Firestone Walker. And I expect nothing less from David. I'm excited to crack these open. Um, and we're going to cover two badges today. One also pretty well known to Drinking Socially listeners and one we have not done yet. I don't know how because this badge, I'm actually at an okay level of it. Usually it's embarrassing how how low I am on this thing. But first, I got to get my co-host on here so you can save me from myself. Kyle, how are we doing today? Good I'm evening, good. afternoon, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know anymore. Hard to keep track, but uh, <laughs> it's been like that it, for a couple of years. Yes. It's just, it's <laughs> time to talk to you. Time to talk to our, our uh, very well intro esteemed guest that we'll have on this episode. Super excited for that. Uh, but yeah, two badges. So let me talk to you a bit about the first badge, which again, yes, very surprised we haven't talked about yet. Writing steady. Yeah. This is the uh, if you've if you've ever seen the artwork for this one, it's the glass with like the bubbles in it with the temperature gauge on right. it or the thermometer to the right of it. And it's it's only filled up <laughs> just a little bit at the right. at the bottom, which I feel like, you know, why hasn't anyone invented that? Talking about inventions, a yeah. beer glass that as you cool down the beer and put the beer in it, the temperature just goes down, down the sides. You just have little little bits of mercury just, you know, cascading. It sounds super safe, but, you know, it's just right. cascading down the sides of the glass. It's a little, little you know, capillary action going right. on. So we, cool. we are talking about writing steady, which you earn when you try a beer of 5% ABV or lower. And we are just right at that threshold with DBA. So I'm super excited for that. The other badge that we will be talking about, and this is maybe a bit of a spoiler for the other beer that we're going to be having today. Okay. It right. is called Dessert Time. It is uh, one of the ones we actually introduced relatively recently, probably right. in our, our last big badge bash that we did. You earn it with five pastry stouts or imperial double pastry stouts. And so, Ooh. yeah, we'll be having one of those today, too. Have your cake and beer and drink it and eat it, too. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm happy. My doctor isn't, but that doesn't matter. Like I said, no problems today um, at all. It's all beer. It's all fun. So let's get to that. Let's get to our esteemed guests. Let's bring David on, and let's crack open some DBA. David Walker, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you. Thank you for the um, hyperbolic introduction. <laughs> <laughs> 
that have a little bit of fun. I went down this rabbit hole when I looked at like, what's the most valuable basketball card? And I was like, yeah. I'm going to some guys in the 1940s. I knew they had basketball and they were throwing it through, through a, a real basket. Um, anyway, but yeah. yes, David, welcome to the show. Uh, my pleasure. It's great. All right. Thank so you. let's let's do what we, we all do really well. Let's enjoy some DBA. So I'm going to pour mine out. If you if you're ahead of me, please don't wait for a, a first sip. But man, oh man, I'm pumped to drink this beer with you. This beer is like, I yeah. mean, it's it's pretty legendary. But I'm not going to talk about it. I always do that. I'm gonna. You're the you're the guy who knows more about it than anybody. So let's dive in. Cheers, first of all. Cheers, cheers, absolutely. Brilliant. Great, great to be here. Thanks yes. for. Uh, you know, I have. I'm really boring. I always like to say I always drink my beer in a wine glass or something close to it. I like that though. I'm um, sure there's being in the heart of wine country. I'm sure there's plenty of wine glasses around. Well, Hello. you know, it, it's sort of uh, you know the classic sort of nonic glass, imperial nonic that I grew up with. Yeah, um, it's hard to find here unless you really sort of, you know, uh, right. I go into sort of beer forward um, establishments. So it's just something about drinking beer in a thinner glass and. Um, and, you know, it just changes your relationship to it. So, I mean, I, I'll always, certainly in, in the U.S., I'll always put my beer in a wine glass. It just makes a huge difference. So, But anyway, DBA. I mean, DBA really should be drunk at a nonic. I mean, it's, it is it right. is a, right. yeah, um, or something close to that. Um, right. But this, I mean, you, you um, I don't know whether you were prepped, but this is, this is my beer. I mean, I yeah. love this beer. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I like to say the um, hopes and dreams of our brewery live in this beer um you know it was um when adam and i were um uh decided we were going to start a brewery back in the early 90s we you know we we sort of slept all over europe going to various breweries and so forth and we kept coming back to the sort of the british brewers um yeah who in a lot of ways were just not as teutonic and squared away and dynamic as as certainly as german brewers right not as cool and creative as Belgian brewers. And, you know, they were sort of rumply and, and British, frankly, um, <laughs> like, like me. But they turned out these beautiful pale ales um, yeah. that I was weaned on. And these, you know, these, this beer to us, you know, we, this was homage to the great British English pale ale, whether it's yeah. sort of London Pride or oh. pedi Pedigree out of Marston's or any one of scores of English pale ales that, you know, great, great, traditional British brewers produced. And, um, you know, for me, what I love about it is, first of all, when we, when we set out to brew this beer, we, we, we truly wanted to do, um, uh, uh, do justice to the style. So, yeah. um, you know, we used, um, obviously, Noble Hops, English, Noble Hops, sort of Garden of England, Kent, and so forth. Um, and uh, we used specialty floor malts, um, Maris Otter at the time. Um, nice. We had a London ale yeast. Um, and then on top of that, what we decided to do was obviously to integrate what we call the Burton Unions. What, I mean, what, what are called the Burton Unions. We actually just call them the unions. But um, this is where, you know, these, these, these beers were classically, they went through primary fermentation in linked wooden barrels. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a, right. it, it's a crazy contraption. And actually, you can still see them sort of bubbling away up in Burton-upon-Trent. Right. It, it, in in Marston's, um, you know what's what's brutal about it is you can actually stand at Marston's and you can sort of look across the, um, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm dreaming of this, but you can look across the car park and see the old Bass Brewery has has some of the the unions they pulled them out and they were sort of when I was last there they were sort of sitting in in I don't know junk pile or in a car park somewhere, <laughs> but um, but Marston still put a lot of time and energy behind this and they still have a couple of halls that um, I think about 50% of pedigree goes through the unions. Anyway, we set out to, to try and mimic that and um, sort of ended up doing it in our way. Um, and um, that's the double barrel process. So a certain portion of this beer goes through the unions, primary fermentation for a handful of days. And that same beer goes through steel, primary fermentation. Um, and then we, we, we uh, blend them together. And um, that's the double barrel process. And so, you know, in some ways, the beer sort of, it was drinkable. It, it sort of represented all of the traditions of great British brewing, um, which obviously I'm a big fan of. And then, yeah. uh, um, you know, it sort of 
it, it embodies everything I love about um, American craft beer. So, right, and that, and that's kind of like the I think about a lot when I drink this beer. I mean, I as well big fan of just kind of traditional cask ale and real ale and like all the bitters and the milds and like give me as many as I it can handle. Um, so this gets me excited on like just a personal level, but also right like being kind of with one of the first beers Firestone Walker made, that's there's like a different history to this as well, where it's kind of like you're saying this old world or older world style of being made in like a, a seriously now legendary California craft brewery right. that is making all kinds of other great stuff. So like, yeah. I guess I'm, I'm really curious, like when you made this, was it like, so first of all, like obviously it's one of the first beers you guys made, but like, did you see, kind of like this, like an old world meets new world, kind of like gateway opening in front of you. And this was created like, what can we do next? Cause it was an exciting time when you guys made this for craft beer was like a thing, but right. what is it really? And where, who likes it? And is the bar down the street going to buy it? Or are they going to not know what to do with it? Like, you know, it was kind of like a lot of unknown. Here you have a, a beer that's, you know, that's kind of like a, a safe place for you, a happy place, but traveling with it and, this unknown world i would just love to like jump into a time capsule with you and kind of go back to when this was first produced kind of like the the, the origin of this beer what happened what what do people think and say all that cool stuff well the i mean the obviously fermenting beer in in uh in wooden barrels was sort of crazy um mm -hmm. right um and actually at the time our brewmaster was a guy called jeffers richardson um from davis and uh great friend of mine and um he, uh, I mean, he thought we were, he, he absolutely thought we were bonkers um, <laughs> in terms of what we were trying to do. And, right. um, and then in turn, in turn um, uh, you know, Jeffers, Jeffers was for a couple of years. And then um, obviously we fell in with Matt Brynelson, the, uh, um, the great Matt Brynelson. And right. even, you know, he was, he was really super suspicious. Um, <laughs> but, but eventually, you know, they, I mean, everybody came around. I mean, they, they figured out it added a, a sort of a characteristic, a quality to it that, that mm. was um, hard to define, but, but certainly, right. certainly agreeable. Um, no, I mean, I think, look, the biggest issue with obviously the spirit at the outset was actually managing the flavors from the, from the wood. And we started out blending way too much wood mm. at the beginning. Um, hmm. And we ended up backing it off to somewhere between 15 and, and 20%. Um, and um, and then it was different in in um, in keg versus bottles. So right. it was a uh, you know we were constantly chasing it, um, mm -hmm. and um, because the oak used to give off a peculiar character, and um, oftentimes it would get mistaken for um, sort of dacetyl, sort of buttery flavors. And, oh, uh, okay. And that freaked everybody out, of course. <laughs> um, but uh, but you know we you know, we we just sort of slowly kept working. I mean the thing I love about it is you know, like all craft brewers of that vintage, I mean, we literally had to hand sell our, our, right. our breweries to the world. And I always knew that I'd put a DBA in someone's hand and I'd say, just try it. And they right. would go, they, they were just like, it was, it was harmonic. I mean, everything worked for them. You know, um, it was, you know, you don't have to like, um, you don't have to like Coldplay but you, you you can't criticize the fact that they're sort of attractive. Do you know what I mean? And, <laughs> and, yes. And, I mean, <laughs> and 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 in some ways, you know, DB, you could put DBA in front of someone, and they they were like, "Wow, you know, this is this this actually works." And um and that that was you know we built our brewery on the back of DBA because it was so different. I always used to I used to say to people, "This is like Bass from the brewery," right? And uh, uh, seventy five years ago. And, uh, you know, that was sort of a, a starting point. And then people would, would, you know, would then learn to, to really appreciate it. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a great, it's, 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 it's a wonderful beer. It's a beer I can drink way too much of. Right. Um, <laughs> exactly. The riding um, steady badge. Right. So it's, you can have, right, more than one or two or three of and be A-okay right. to do what needs yeah. to get done. And but I it's, do Oh, go ahead. But it's, Sorry. It's, but it's, you know, in some ways it's just, it's a, it's a struggling style. I mean, for us, you know, it's definitely taken a backseat to um, hmm. you know, once we started dry hopping beers, you know, we started making yeah. California pale ales and then 
and then we were sort of full on into um, the sort of the IPA madness. And, um, yes. you know, it just sort of got left behind. And actually, even when I go to, um, to the UK now and, you know, wander into, um, into, into, you know, like, for instance, just a Fuller's pub. Sure. I mean, London Pride is still there sort sure. of sort of proudly. Right. No pun intended, sitting at the front. But, you know, <laughs> there's stuff, there's, there's, you know, folks are reaching either side of it. Um, hmm. But, um, no, it's, 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 it's a beautiful thing. So I love it with, with all my heart. <laughs> yes, and I can see why, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like... Right. It's, t- it's, it's almost silly to try to describe it. And like you're saying, just give it to somebody and go drink this. Like this is, and immediately it's like, there's some familiarities about it there. You could sit and have a bunch of these and watch football. You could go work in the yard. You could sit but in your bar gr- at home and it's, relax. Like it's, it's sort of, it's also, it's, it's grown up. It's, the, these, right. are grown, okay. these are grown up flavors. I remember drinking a beer like this at 12 and like scrunching up my face and thinking, looking at my dad and saying, why would anybody <laughs> drink that dad? Right. And, you know, but now, you know, we make, you know, we make these, these uh, beautifully sort of balanced um, uh, sort of yeast forward, hazy IPAs, like a lot right. of brewers in America. And they're, they're, they're childlike. You know, you can mm-hmm. give them to people and go, oh, yeah, that tastes right. like fruit. Right. And pears. It's like candy. Right. And exactly. It, exactly. And it's not, I mean, it, it's what I, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's definitely a grown up beer, but this is grown up. I mean, this is, right. this is, this is original. This is the way beer was conceived 100, right. 200 years ago. I mean, it's, right. you're, you're really reaching back into another time and, right. um, and honoring uh, that. Honoring that's important to us. Right. And I think the wood has so much to do with that. As you said, you kind of dialed it back in the years and perfecting the, the recipe. But you could have easily just made a, like an, an English pale ale, put it right into stainless steel and bottled it and been like, this is our English. But you didn't. You let it kind of rest, do primary fermentation in the wood, right. then blend it in the steel. Like that does so much, I think, to like, right, like you're leaving back in time because that's the way it, that used to just be wood. Like that was it. Hey, hey, <laughs> without question, there were times when we had right. to do that because we got we got sideways with the wood. I mean, the, you know, sure. the wood, the wood was, you know, um, I mean, what we watch it like a hawk and yeah. um, um it, it is a, you know, it, it, as much as anything, it actually contributes to sort of the yeast profile of the beer. Mm. Give, give the the um, smarter men than and women than I out of our lab say that, you know, the um, the fermentation in those barrels is far more athletic than the fermentation in a sort of a, a, a large, larger vessel. And, right. uh, and that in turn sort of swings the beer again in another direction. And um so there's, 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 a, there's a lot of things it does that, I, that we, we find hard to button down. Does that temperament of, of sort of, you know, how it changes the character of the yeast, how that changes the character of the beer kind of year to year as, as things change, does that kind of put you off to wanting to continue to brew this at certain levels? Is that, is this something that you think, you know, Hey, yes, this was once an American staple of, of kind of craft beer in America, but you know, it's, it's so fidgety. Like, is this, you know, not interesting anymore to, to folks. Is this, is this something that you continue to, to want to invest in no matter how, how yeah. hard or temperamental it gets? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because we can, because we sort of control our destiny. Um, right. And uh, because I love it and others love it. And um, exactly. Yeah. It'll always, this will always be a beer that, that we brew and proudly try and get people to drink (laughs) and 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 to your point about like right london pride and you know kind of sitting there and have other maybe whatever you want to call them more exciting styles or something getting gobbled up we've noticed and like there are and from talking to other brewers from looking at it on tap like there's definitely like this groundswell we saw it a couple years ago with this like return to the lager that a lot of brewers and consumers too were like hazy ipas are great I don't want to drink like a Peebo pills. Like I want to drink like something that I can have a couple of see starting to see that again with styles like this, whether it's American pale ales or like English bitters, like there is a, I think a yearning for, if you're like a seasoned craft beer fan, like we are, I've drank it for, I don't know, 15, let's see legally. What can I say for many years? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Love all the crazy stuff, but like, right. What's the beer that's always in my fridge. That's, that's the journey I'm on now is like, What's the beer that I can have that's exciting, <clears throat> that's complex, but it's not going to knock me on the floor? I'm kind of 
living this life right now trying to find that beer that like you're saying is complex it's grown up but also it's it's not going to ruin my night i think a lot of people are doing that as well who went through like, like the west coast ipas and then rode the wave of the crazy hazies they're kind of like okay this is a lot of fun but i can't do this every night <laughs> like where's the beer that i can go home and work right and, yeah you know, old reliable you know and yeah decades ago that was filled by like the large american craft lager and now with craft beer out of pandora's box like that's a different journey that a lot of people myself included are like literally in the middle of like what can i do to scratch that like amazing beer flavor itch and return to beers like this so i hope that like and not to mention like cask ale being exciting again all that stuff like which is that's tough to do in your fridge at home but like I don't, I'm hopeful that this beer, right, is kind of like the rock. It's where you began, but it's you're going to see just like people returning to styles like this because of of what it is and and what it's offering. That, um, you know, that that, that uh, you may not find in in the beers that are maybe being hyped up all the time, um, which are exciting too. We'll talk about that. But anyway, yeah, no, I I agree with you. I mean, there's certainly life you know, a little bit more monogamy when it comes to your beer would be helpful. Um, right, I, right. I think, I think it's nice to have a, you know, a friend you can cuddle up with when you don't right. really, you know, want to oh, be, want to, want to be uh, impressing right. everybody. And um, right. it's, uh, to me, this is, this is that beer for me. This is uh, my, my desert island beer. So. I love it. Yes. Yeah. Super important to have one of those. Yeah. Have the fridge full of it. Um, yeah. This is so cool. All right, so while we're drinking this, I want to pick your brain on a couple other things. So we talked with, I think we talked with Matt about this, with Sam, but you guys had, for the first time in, I believe, two years, the Firestone Walker Invitational Beer Festival, it happened again this past June. Tell me about that. Was that just like, just a cathartic, wild, fun experience? Like, give me the the rundown of this year's event. Yeah, you know, it was, uh, it was sort of weird, I suppose. I mean, not that I was that Glastonbury or Coachella or whatever, but, you know, um, (laughs) you know, for the folks who turned back up there after the hiatus, it was a little bit like, Oh, great. You know, everything's still here, you know? Right. Um, And um, (laughs) that was the way I, that was what I felt about it. You know, I bumped into a bunch of old mates and uh, they hadn't changed. And we all like shared our stories like, geez, that was hell, wasn't it? Yeah. And then then you're going to try a new beer. Um, Right. Uh, you know, the, the weather was exactly where it should have been. Uh, everybody was still there. So it was, it was a great, um, sort of touch point from that standpoint. And, um, it was good to see that there were still four or 5,000 people truly passionate about, about, um, about beer curious, you know, and, um, um, and, and actually, what was really fascinating was that a lot of our brewers, brewery partners and friends, they'd all been really busy. And, the, right. you know, it was like everybody had stepped up their game. Not that they needed to, <laughs> because they were all delivering pretty amazing beers two, three years ago. But, I mean, I think, I think every brewer who was there was a little bit like, whoa, you know, this is, this is really interesting. Um, and uh, so, you know, you can always rely on a little sort of curiosity and, um, uh, sort of innovation to come out of a craft brewer, and and you know you lock them up for twenty four months, and right. <laughs> um, they're going to go to work. Um, so, uh, and that's uh, to me that was the great the, the great thing about it, it was is was, was I, I almost felt beer was elevated this year more so than than I yeah. I think last time too, we talked a bit about, you know, sort of brewers brewing for other brewers and kind of brewing because of that, right? Folks kind of staying in for a bit, brewing for themselves, brewing the things that they wanted to brew um, with a little bit less, maybe market pressure um, has really turned out some interesting things, right? Playing around with ingredients, playing around with things. Were, were there any examples of kind of directionality that you see brewers or the industry going that was interesting to you from the Invitational? Oh, geez, I, I knew you'd ask me that question. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I uh, um, it was such a, such a sort of mosh pit of contradictions in some ways. You know, you had, mm. you know, you, you had the, the continuing development of these sort of what I call these sort of fruit forward styles that mm. on the platform of 
IPAs, but then, you know, there was, you know, everybody was rolling out these, these, um, these comfort beers that we talked about, mm. you know, um, Pilsners and lagers and, um, and I, th- you know, I think the, um, I, I, it's a hot, really, it's a, it's, I, I, you know, I should have figured out an answer knowing you were going to ask that, but, um, <laughs> you know, I think that's, that, that's a perfect example though, of an, an encapsulation of there are so many different like kind of takes and feelings about right. like the future of the industry. And I, I kind of like that. It's a big question mark right now, a little bit, like we don't know. Uh, it's not straight up like just, you know, the 1100 calorie hazies that are going to dominate the industry. Like yeah. it's, it could be anything at this point. Right. And that's, that I think is super, super interesting. Um, well, and- you know, the great thing about the Invitational, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's an extension of Brynelson's, um Rolodex. And, he, you know, he, the guy is insanely curious. I mean, he spends yeah. all his spare time just sort of wandering around knocking on breweries doors and <laughs> there's always a great balance of sort of um ogs and mm-hmm. the new kids in town and right. um you know I, and he's always sort of like rotating that group around and and i always find that that dynamic is is really cool because you have you know the new kids in town are there a little bit sort of like uh, bright-eyed saying geez what you know this brewer i'm drinking this brewer's beer you know, right here, and I've always admired them. Uh, and likewise, that brewer who's been around for too long is sort of looking at them and saying, "This is insane what they're doing. They're really sort of, sort of <laughs> twisting things in a direction that I, I would have never conceived." And uh, so I, I think I I love that sort of electricity, and you see it. You see it over the. You know, we have a lot of shared meals and that sort of stuff, and you see, you genuinely see people sort of um, interested in what they're doing, and. Um, uh, you know, Brunson does such a great job of, I mean, it's difficult because, you know, it's like, you know, he's only allowed, he's only, you can, we can only get about 50 brewers in, in, in the, in the location. And, right. and, um, you know, he's friends with several hundred. So right. how, you know, how he chooses to populate it is, is, is always, he always upsets someone. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. yeah. Can't make everybody happy. If you try, I'll make nobody happy. Mm. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's a good event. It's definitely a good event and worth and worth uh, worth worth an afternoon. Right, exactly. I always wonder if you could be a fly on that wall and what kind of new beer ideas were hatched that day from those conversations that are now out in the world that are that are beers now. Um, you know, that's uh, I feel like that was that's kind of always a, a hard to track but common outcome of kind of invitationals like that. Of just yeah, I mean, you, uh, you know, the fact is, the fact is, I would say that. I think Pivo was hatched at that event. Um, and, uh, okay. Um, you know, that, uh, you know, um, but if you go the, you know, the guys from uh, Italy were, were in town sure. with, with, um, with, with their beers and, and Matt was like, Whoa, did that just happen to me? You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. There you go. Yeah. Perfect. We know at least one, but I mean, I'm sure, right. Yeah, it must happen. It just, yeah. I've been lucky to go to a few myself, but like the electric energy and all that stuff, you kind of just want to, mm-hmm. it's hard to not be curious and mm-hmm. just kind of, you know, jump around from conversation to conversation and walk away with an, a small notebook full of what hop did he say? What did he, what, how's yeah. he doing that mash? What is he, what's his temperature? And just, uh, right. By the way, it's, it's, it's really reassuring for the brewers. Um, you know, we do our best to encourage principals and brewers to attend and it's, it's really sort of affirming for them because all of a sudden they're meeting, you know, 4,000 people who are, who are literally genuinely interested in what they're yeah. doing. And, um, and it, it, you can't help but be energized. Good. Okay, cool. So let's, so let's talk about other things you guys are, are amazing at and sustainability is one of them. So I know this is a big focus for you guys has been for a while, but I was reading about your solar panels and, maybe a bit about CO2 recapture. Like what are you guys doing right now on the sustainability front? That's also innovative and exciting. It seems like a lot. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, uh, just a little in sort of introduction on the way that we view sustainability. I mean, you know, if brewers are the easiest people in the world to ask to be sustainable. I mean, you know, they've been since the beginning of time being sustainable, you know, energy, water, raw materials have all been expensive and hard to find and beer is, 
you know, had to be cheap to, to deliver to consumers. So, um, you know, there's, there's um, you know, we're, we're not like Goldman Sachs. I mean, brewers, brewers have to be really, really fastidious. And so, um, you know, the nature of sustainability, you know, there's a real sort of sense of that, um, um, uh, I don't know, that economy sort of colliding with, with, with sustainability in the, in the modern sense um, in terms of, you know, energy and raw materials and so forth. So, um, so it's, it's, you know, it's very natural for us to work our hardest to conserve water, work our hardest to conserve energy. Um, and if we can obviously um, harvest energy from renewable sources, we're going to do it. Um, and, um, and then also in terms of, you know, how we deploy equipment and people, it's all sort of um, in the most efficient way possible. Um, so it, it's sort of cool that now all of a sudden it's, it's, it's sort of becoming um, a pillar of running a healthy, uh, healthy brewery. Yeah. Um, and um, we're very engaged in it. And, you know, we, we, obviously we, we sort of share what we're doing um, mainly internally and it makes people pretty, pretty happy, you know, with the way that we sort of go about our work. Um, I mean, you, the biggest one for us, obviously, is solar. I mean, but we are, you know, we are in California. So, you know, sure. I mean, I think I, I hope by this time next year, we'll offset 100% of our energy use by solar. Um, part of our issue is we keep sort of growing out of our, our sort of solar capacity. Um, right. And, um, but, you know, there's, there's, you know, CO2 recovery, which is huge. Um, it takes a while for a brewery to get to a point where they can actually sort of capture CO2 and sort of re- purpose it um and we're at that stage now and so that's that's another huge one um and then you know just 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 trying your hardest not to make dumb dumb decisions and and trust me trust me there's a lot of um there's a lot of things we've taken for granted that we're now looking at and saying well maybe we shouldn't shouldn't be doing that right so the, the mindset is there and uh it's not just us i mean i think right i think the mindset is is everywhere at the moment so Oh yeah, absolutely. But it is yeah. cool to see, right? Is you know, folks that live and breathe the beer world to see breweries that you look up to leading and doing that, leading by example is great. It makes it makes people that maybe aren't as curious curious about it because they're drinking a beer produced by a brewery that right is 100% solar powered or you know right has no wasted water or whatever it is. It's more again creates cool conversations and. Um, you know, that's that's the minimum right now, I think, is to be talking about it. Um, yeah. Great you guys are doing much more than that. Yeah, I mean, Changes. the simplest the, the simplest things. I mean, I, when I talk to people around the brewery, I, you know, I just share, you know, very simple concepts of just heat exchange. Right. <laughs> and right. and um, people go, wow, you do that? <laughs> it's like, um, yeah, yeah, we do. Um, and it, it wasn't our idea. It was right. you know, it's been going on for a long, 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 right, right, long right. time. Um, but you know, I always feel somewhat blessed to the fact that, that we, we sort of came out of a, um, uh, a sort of a discipline brewing that, that was always, that always needed to be somewhat sustainable in order right. to be, to be, to be healthy, right. To be able to open the doors January one every year. Exactly. Yep. That's right. The heat exchange is a great example, right? Like that's, you don't think about that being sustainable, but. It is like for those who don't know, like this being a brewer myself, the way that we did it, and you can, I mean, share share your own insight, David. If you guys did this differently, but like you're you're finished with a beer and it's 212 or a wort and it's 212 degrees, you're sending it to your primary fermenter. It can't be that hot when it gets there, so you cool it down by running cold water through a heat exchanger that kind of goes up against that hot wort and takes that heat off of it, and in turn turns out cold water into hot water. We would send it back to our hot liquor tank and then use it. To clean all the tanks so that water right that could have just gone down the drain right is now being reused and recycled and and for all kinds of purposes around the brewery a function of just like a efficient brewery that is also in itself an act of sustainability so you're right like that this kind of to illustrate that a little bit that what you're saying like it's it's kind of just part of a lot of the time it's part of just running a brewery is you're trying to think how can i not lose waste money how can i not lose you know, potential energy that I can reuse somewhere else. Um, thinking like that, right. You start to realize maybe you can solve some bigger problems with 
Yeah. Right. Heat exchange alone, there's, that could solve a lot of the world's problems, but that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> mastering that. Um, uh, yeah. But anyway, um, that's uh, that's fantastic. I know. And yeah. it's it's so cool. So what, anything particular you guys are working on right now on the sustainability front? I know you said next year, hoping to, through solar, you know, be pretty much 100%. But yeah, 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 yeah. We've had. I mean, we've got ten acres of uh, solar array at the moment. Wow. Um, uh, we're going to add, I think, another eight um, here over the next uh, uh, six months, and uh, eight acres. So, um, and then we've got. Uh, we we have uh, we got a couple of big buildings that we can throw solar up on the roof, right. um, and um, just just sort of chip away at it. Um, and you know it's you know obviously we're doing it it's it's not difficult to do you know um we're in the state of california and there's a ton of subsidies that um create sort of a somewhat fertile um economy for these types of transactions um and um it's just it's just not not that difficult to do um and um and it it drives it drives savings to the brewery that we can invest in other areas so um, but yeah, I mean, to me, that's that, you know, that's a big one. I mean, CO2 recovery is huge, especially now, you know, we, right. we're getting into these issues. Um, you know, who'd have thought that fundamental commodities, um, would be, would start drying up and, um, you know, COVID really sort of all of a sudden, uh, sort of informed us how mortal we all are. I mean, right. uh, you know, I mean that, um, in, in the most respectful way, but, um, you know, everything was threatened and um, just simple commodities um, have become you just you, you don't take those for granted anymore. Um, you know, o- you know, obviously, the, the issues with with aluminum have been a, just a huge right. bone, bone cruncher for most breweries, especially small breweries. Right. Um, and um, so, yeah, so being able to lock up um, and repurpose um, commodities like CO2 is is just sort of a no brainer. Um, it's mission critical now, not just sort of right. um, a, a nice to have from a sustainability standpoint. Right. Yes. Become a need to have yeah. um, for sure. Uh, yeah. Um, that's, that's fantastic. So let's, so you spoke a little bit earlier about creativity. What happens when you lock brewers up for 24 months? What kind of crazy stuff do they come out with? I'm sure some of that has landed in your brewmasters collective, which is your kind of your like, beer club which which that's kind of under an understatement yeah don't imagine a beer with or a bar with a mug on the wall like this is not that this is like the beer club to end all beer clubs but while we're talking about that i'd love to hear some insight i think it's time we open up this crazy little ditty we have here parabolita which you've been again kind enough to to share with us this beer there's a lot i mean like obviously i haven't even had it yet before even doing so so this is the first vintage you guys have canned is that yep, right absolutely yeah look at that yeah and the name gets me excited but this is there are a couple a couple different beers in here give us the highlights while we open this thing up and and i get really excited well i mean per, you know parabola is really sort of the uh um the cultural flagship of our strong yes. ale vintage program and um, you know, it really, I think it, it's 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 really the nucleus of Matt Brunelson's vision for barrel aged beers, and he's obviously worked either side of it in many different directions. Um, uh, but really, it's a you know parabola, this big Russian imperial stout that's like you know engine oil when it comes out of the right. kettle. I mean, it's the thing is, and you know, we throw it in bourbon barrels that have been picked beautifully from you know. Uh, hospitable distillers that we've managed to friend off, befriend and <laughs> I mean, the whole thing about parabola is got artisanal tattooed across its rear end i mean it's right. just fantastic yeah. um and you know part of the issue with that is we only made a so, so much of it and um you know we felt maybe what we could do is 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 take the uh, take the kernel of parabola and create something a little bit more um accessible so this is nine percent um, and is in a can and, um, you know, retailers can, can access it. Um, let's try some. Mm. It's, it's actually, it's really good. <laughs> it's wow. really good. 
It's really good. The um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a you know these 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 strong ales are really um, you know part of the issue with these with some of these big beers is and everyone will tell you is you know that they're, they're um, you know how do you drink them? Right. What's, mm-hmm. what's the environment? Mm-hmm. You, know, you, can right. drink, right. you can drink three four ounces you know right. with, with something sweet or you know whatever. Um, and then they, they sort of do a number on you. You know, they, they, yeah. they, they, they sort of, um, uh, you, you know, they, 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 can dis, they can just disguise flavors coming in from other beers and so forth. So um, I don't know. The, the thing I like about this is it, it, it backs everything off a little bit. So, you, you know, there's enough room and enough oxygen on your palate to start picking out some of the flavors um, and, 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 just, and wanting to repeat them. Um, right. not, not not as intense um and uh yeah no i i'm uh mm. it's sort of weird my wife's got this icelandic bit of chocolate in the fridge at the moment mm. and it's like mm. 90 95 percent gunpowder and um, <laughs> and um you know i i can i can take a bite of it but i need to like fill my mouth with milk chocolate every now and then just to reset my palate. <laughs> right. Um, and this, you know, this is maybe a good way of sort of sitting somewhere between both of them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This is unbelievable. And I think you're right. This kind of style and, and, and having fun with these bigger beers, especially stouts past couple of years has really been a focus of so many brewers and great. I've had some amazing ones, some that it's so much going on. It's like, what do I, how, like you're kind of saying, like, what am I supposed to be tasting? I'm kind of overwhelmed. You're, you're chewing one. the adjuncts at that point. It's just like, right. yeah, it's, right. it's it's just melted right. down. Yeah, right. There's just so much. But this one, it's it feels like the vision of salted caramel is like, you. It's just like yeah. you nailed it. It's just this salted caramel chocolate bar, and yeah, and it's, it's it feels almost too drinkable. Like right, like yeah. you're saying, there's not so much happening that I'm not like, I need to take a minute right. to process this. I'm like. Well, that was good. Let's have another bit of that. <laughs> but 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 I think that's exactly the through line between right. you know DBA and Parabolita that we have here. It's right. drinkability. Exactly, yeah. exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. 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 Please. Oh yeah. Yeah. It really. Is. No. No. I, um, I was at, this is this is the midpoint between those two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, uh, we always used to say about our brewery is is um, you know. Some of the drivers are, you know, balance. Um, we call them the three Bs: um, balance, um, uh, blending, and barrels. And mm. um, you know, balance obviously in the final in the final moment on you, on your palate is is what we we really strive for. Um, and um, you know, I, I, we we you know we, we really want people to smile when they drink our beers. We don't want them yeah. to sort of. Um, that's the reaction we're looking for. But then. You know the barrels. Obviously, we've integrated with the union, and now, obviously, with this, um, you know, with our uh, barrel aging program that's been in place for many years. Um, but then, just blending it, and this is a blend. You know, this is a blend of of parabola um, out of the barrels um, that you know probably been sitting in the barrels for a year or so, um, and uh, uh, an imperial stout that you know comes out of steel, and then blending those two together, and you know, adding in various. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm not even quite sure what they did to this to make this so beautiful. But, um. <laughs> That's right. It's Merlin himself in the right doing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I know, right? It's it's just kind of like, right? That's that's where I'm at in my bearding career. It's just kind of blow my mind enough for me. I sit here and I go, I don't need to think about anything. That's 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 I think the end goal for for many folks. At the end of the day is yeah. Where's the pause button for a little bit? Um, uh, that's enjoyable and like. Yeah, this is, but it uh, brings you back to it, right? Like, I think we we talked about like yeah. the ability to come back to these same beers over and over again. It's not, you know, a lot about kind of Untapped is this, you know, quote unquote ticker culture. That's like, go find the latest and greatest thing. Go find the thing that I can rate five stars. Go right. find the highest octane, nineteen percent, you know, barrel aged whatever. Um, <laughs> but I I think too like. There is a, a there is a subset of of users, and I think over time, given that we've been around for for twelve years or so, that like <laughs> unlocking these 
these uh, these beers that you come back to over and over again, the format for Parabolita like becomes that I'm going to have a couple of these just in a four pack in my fridge right. at all times. Yeah. Like that's yeah. there. There is something kind of special to that that I would come back to over and over and over again. Yeah. No, I, I am very happy with this. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, obviously the, the the biggest challenge for us is is getting a you know getting visibility for these beers um right and um obviously very grateful to you guys um but uh you, you know um finding 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 sort of retailers um who are able to get behind it not because they're not willing to but you know you know retailers to a certain extent sure. are the victims of their you know their consumers and the victims right. of broad economic conditions and right. um you know, there's only so much room for these beers. There's so much, only so much visibility for them. So, yeah. my hope, my hope, my hope is in this with this um, with this format, um, we'll make some friends. Right, get in front of more people. And if, I mean, and also, as I kind of mentioned a couple of minutes ago. So, like, I don't believe that Probolita is in the Brewmasters Collective. But if if you're sitting at home and you're like, I this sounds amazing. I want this, and also I want. How do I get more stuff that Firestone's putting in barrels? Like. That's a pretty good place to start if you're, you know, kind of in an area where you can you can join it. Um, but like, let tell me more about that. Like this, just reading through the beers, parabola, paraboloid, cherry parabola. Like, yeah, that's just the parabolas I'm seeing. There's so many you know, every few months throughout the year or month or so, getting a couple more beers. Tell me a little more about the Brewmaster Collective. It seems like just like kind of like a playground for let's blend some great stuff. Obviously, being thoughtful and intentional about it all, but like. Let's let's kind of find the line and keep going past it. And so I'm getting on first impression, but I'd love to hear from you kind of how Matt thinks about this, how you guys think about this, and what to expect if if I'm bold and brave enough to say, Brewmaster Collective, sign me up. What can I expect then? Well, you know, I mean, it's, although it's probably somewhat um, perverted to say this, I mean, there were there were a bunch of silver linings in COVID. And, um, right. you know, part of the issue was, um, you know, retailers um, – we're desperately trying to keep up with the changing um, dynamics of the consumer. And they, yeah. you know, they, they just said, look, send us beer that we know will move. Don't send right. us anything curious or interesting. Right. We, we've got right. no room on the shelf for experimentation. So wow. all of a sudden we had all these beers that we needed to get to consumers and we had consumers screaming at us saying we can't find them. So, right. so, and we had time on our hands, more to the point. We're all sitting, sitting around sort of looking at each other saying, well, we, you know, um, what, can we we, do, we, sure. yeah, what, what can we do? So we, um, we created the club and, um, and what happened is once we created that platform and, uh, you know, Matt said, so you, you're telling me I can, I can brew anything in small batch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need any time. And it was like, yeah, that's exactly what we're, we're thinking of doing. And it was like, okay. Um, and, uh, so, you know, all of a sudden the scope changed. And so the, the um you know we have our um you know we got our, our our pilot brewery down in venice and we have our mm -hmm. barrel works in Bjorton. that we so we basically had three sort of brewing cultures all working on this and um wow. um and you know that i think we um every year we add to it so the first year i think we had we had sort of five six hundred members and then the next year we added another five six hundred and i think next year we'll add another five six hundred and so wow. the great thing is we we literally brew to order so it's a little bit like we've got 400 people um, and we need to make, we make, need, need to make a beer for these people. And, um, and that, you know, that's the way it rolls. So um, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's an exciting little, um, you know, it's, it, obviously it's a, it's a tiny little piece of our world, but it, it's right. a huge piece of our, our sort of curiosity and education and, um, and, and uh, enjoyment. Absolutely. And I'm seeing a few collabs this year with Side Project and Beachwood. Yeah. And so yeah. that's also like a whole fun part of this that we talked to Sam a bit about when we, we, we enjoyed dabbling in decoction that you guys made with Green Bench. Yeah. It's amazing. But like that's let's talk about that for a minute. So like how how fun is that to have like minded people kind of right tooling together and going, well, let's see what happens here. That must be just a blast to get like right a bunch of experts in a room, just doing what yeah. they best. You know, it's sort of interesting. Um, you know, brewers have to survive, so they have to sell beer. So you know, right. collaborations for a while there were all about how can we 
raise our profile in a market? How can we increase our sales and so on and so forth? And, mm. and it just turned into a giant muddle um, for everybody. And, and they sort of, they, you know, it was, they sort of became quite unpopular. And, the, you know, the, the origins of collaborations were truly, literally two brewers who really enjoyed each other and said, right. hey, let's make a beer together. And um, it's sort of gone back to that with us. Yeah. Um, and I think it's gone back to that with a lot of breweries. Um, and, um, you know, we're lucky enough to have a small pilot brewery. We're lucky enough to have a, um, this club where we can actually, so, you know, we can make a small amount of beer and it can go out to this club. And we've got this audience who are like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Send me the beer. And um, so, you know, hopefully we can continue to develop it. And um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been an interesting little eddy that spun off from COVID. And we'll see where, you know, who knows, it might turn into a giant typhoon. It'd be nice if it did. Right. So, right. Yeah. Barrel aged typhoon. Oh man, that's terrifying. I feel like we're naming beers now. <laughs> that's right in there. Right, I know. It's not a band name; it's a beer name. Um, that's right. right. Lots of fun, fun stuff. Um, this, so yeah, this is amazing. And again, like this is, it's kind of warming up a bit. It's, I mean, this is right. This is what you want. It really reminds me almost. It's, it's interesting of like. It's kind of like some of the first Russian Imperial stouts I ever had, like big, big stouts where I was like unfamiliar right. with like coffee flavors in a beer and like how exciting that is. And those, you know, beers I'm thinking about, I mean, there are so many, um, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like it's big, but also it's very straightforward. There's like a complexity, but it's all, it's mature. I mean, that's the word, the word of the night. There's like a maturity to it where it's not flashy. Yes. It has a lot of, excited ingredients but like they're all here for a purpose right like right. it just feels very intentional like yep let's go salted caramel ca like dark chocolate candy bar boom in a glass and i don't know there's uh, yeah, again something very delicious about that so I'm, I'm i'm at a loss for words which means it's working um but this is all right warming up it's it's doing even more which is uh yeah it's it's sort of interesting well i um you know as a kid i was i grew up in britain and um you know, I was um, subjected to Marmite at an early age, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I hated it. I just right. hated it. Um, and uh, so, um, I, you know, Marmite came back into my life with barrel aged beers. Um, in <laughs> terms of, like, you know, I I meet someone say, hey, you know, I've got, uh, you know, I've got a nine year old version of Abacus, and uh, you know, it's it's been stored under my pillow, and let's try it together. And, um, you know, all of a sudden um, you get all of these sort of off flavors and these sort of marmite flavors. And I <laughs> and, and I I used to really struggle with it. And um, this this beer does a great job of pushing that away and sort of bringing in these sort of coconut um, yeah. sort, of, sort of milky um, midpoints, which which is which is delicious. Right. I know they kind of. Yeah, right. There's a creaminess to it. I've like, already, I've already said I'm a wuss when it comes to bitter chocolate. So, yeah, right, um, right. I know. You, you yeah. know what? You, you know where my head's at. So. Right, exactly. <laughs> I feel like I'm there with you. I know it's 95. Yeah. percent Whoo! That's I, right. Take I the know. air out of your lungs. But, yeah. um, but you know, um, again, like it's that's a bit about a bit about these bigger beers too. It's there's always a bit of a rush, right? It's not an adrenaline rush, maybe I don't know, but like it's exciting how big it is and how much is happening in there um there's a bit of a you know a different element to it than right drinking something more sessionable there's just kind of maybe more impactful um in in certain ways so which is not alone to just bigger beers i mean that's something impact innovation you guys have been doing forever like i said in the beginning and we've been lucky to enjoy melon conspiracy with sam we had hypnosis with matt i drink a bunch of mind haze and myself um which was great but i'd love to kind of end the, the night talking a bit about that as we're enjoying this really amazing you know unique innovative beer what's next talk to me about innovation and kind of how you guys really think about that like what is your role in the beer world's future if you're even thinking about it that way but like let's talk about innovation for a moment well you know i, I would say that american craft brewers and, you know, we weren't the first to the dance. You know, we were 
um, we, we followed on the heels of some, of some giants. But, um, you know, American brewers changed the world of beer. Right. And um, they basically gave license to experimentation and innovation. Um, and it's a little bit of, a, of be careful what you wish for. I mean, literally, w- w- that's exactly what's happened. I mean, right. uh, you, you mentioned Pandora's box a right. while ago. I mean, the Pandora's box has been opened. Yeah. Um, and part of the problem with that is that, um, you know, we're all fighting for the same customer. Right. Um, you know, I'd like to say that, we don't need customers, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but the fact is we need customers. We need friends. We need people to buy our beers. Um, and, um, we're competing in the broad market with everyone nowadays from Coca-Cola to Anheuser-Busch, sure. um, in terms, certainly in terms of innovation. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's a frightening thing, innovation, and especially in the hands of craft brewers, because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, they've, they were, you know, at, at, at the very core, they're sort of independent, curious thinkers. Um, one of the reasons they became craft brewers is they wanted to tinker with um, sort of monolithic beer styles. You know, one of the reasons they started breweries, we started breweries, is we felt, you know, there's a place for these. Um, so in some ways, innovation is a, is, a, is a two-edged sword because, you know, here we are um, sort of, you know, my, my favorite beer of all time that, you know, truly is, is, is important to me is, you know, it's not relevant to many, many, many people. Um, and innovation has done that to it. Um, that said, I mean, we've, we've learned as a, um, as a group at the brewery to sort of embrace it. And, um, you know, we are, um, you know, we're literally looking at everything in terms of um, uh, um, in terms of beer styles. I mean, there's really no, um, I mean, there's no boundaries anymore. Um, we 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 really try to stay within the concept of legitimately being being brewers and not sort of migrating into sort of a broader world of sort of beverage makers. Right. Um, but. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, the, the, in some ways, there's a great freedom to it um, in terms of what we need to do, um, and in some ways, it's 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 you know it's pretty frightening. I mean, I, you know, um, our our great friends up in Northern California, who you know, who are you know truly the sort of the gold standard as far as I'm concerned, you know, Sierra Nevada. I mean, they're they're devoting a huge chunk of um, creative energy and capital resources and um, ultimately mindshare to um, innovation outside of yeah. beer. And, right. Um, right. and it's, you know, it's, I mean, they'll, everything they do, they do right. So it's, it's going to be really great to watch that. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's scary. Um, but that said, I mean, you know, we, we created a brewery in LA, in Venice to do nothing but innovate. Um, right. And right. over the last handful of years, it, it's really it, it's been a huge benefit to us in terms of exploring things that we weren't able to explore on the you know on a larger platform. And um, uh, so yeah, I mean we'll we'll continue to innovate. It's just sad. It's just sad, sad that we leave leave behind things that um, I think are truly beautiful. Right, right. But I feel like ultimately the that will. Well, maybe I'm wrong, but ultimately that'll be decided by the the beer consumer. As long as beers like DBA exist, yeah, people discover them and go, "Oh, wait, I can have that. That could be my go-to beer." Like, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how innovation. You're right. It looks like a hockey stick, and then it falls off. Innovation is Jurassic Park before all the dinosaurs get out. Like eventually it all looks great and amazing. Look what we did. And then <laughs> exactly right. And then we're all running and screaming through yeah. the woods. So yeah. like, hopefully I don't know what the version of that in the beer world would be, but my larger point is it, it'd be nice for those people. I'm sure just to go to a zoo one day and look at a tiger and go, that's nice. Right. Walk home. We don't have to worry about. There it were a bunch of sequels, Harrison. Car. It'll be fine. We'll we'll do it over and over and over and over again. But right. uh, but now, I mean, it, I'm happy right now that I live in a world where both DBA and probably to can exist, and I can kind of pick and choose my my path, my adventure, any evening, um, and and be you know satisfied in different ways, regardless of what uh, what path I go down. So I. 
I know lucky. I think we, we all are to live in this day and age in terms of, of beer, but uh, you're right. What happens next? Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I think like, right. Knowing to have a beer like DBA in the fridge makes it a little less worrisome <laughs> to come home and go, ah, got it. Don't have to worry about that. Um, and I, I, like I said, I feel like more, more beer fans are, are looking for their DBA uh, now, maybe more, more than ever. So over the past couple of years, a lot of, com- a lot of desire of comfort and, and, and uh, consistency and, certainly you're, you're getting that in that beer um but this is david this has been so much fun i can't thank you enough for your time today for the beer for the, the history for getting us excited about what's next actually let's let's end on that so coming towards the end of 2022 2023 gonna be here soon i would make the joke about time and but we've all done that um What's, what's, what's next? What can we get excited about for Firestone Walker? What are some things that are kind of on the horizon, beer or other, um, you know, again, initiatives you guys are doing that we can look forward to either the end of this year or get excited for for next year? What should we be looking out for? You know, I mean, I, th- I mean, in, in innovation now is table stakes, so there'll be plenty of that. And right. um, I mean, we, we, I think we lean towards variation on a theme than a new theme. Mm-hmm. So sure. Parabolita is a great example of right. that, um, certainly within Mind Haze. And we have this great beer, um, Cali Squeeze, that we sort of innovate. Um, um, it's quite fruit forward. Uh, it's a sort of Hefeweizen base. And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, there's going to be sort of endless innovation. Um, you know, I think for us, it's all about, um, and, you know, to, to come back to this word sustainability. And, I, and I'm and, I, and I'm not only talking about this concept of being able to have a sustainable model that sort of is a good balance in relationship to sort of the climate issues. I'm talking about just a sustainable model that, um, you know, our brewery is 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 going to be sort of healthy and have a sort of a, you know, a, a good way forward for the next 20, 30, 40 years. And, um, and just sort of understanding where our sweet spots are, um, you know, building out, um, you know, we started this brewery 25 years ago and, um, you know, we, it's, it's, it's really important that, you know, we, we continue to fuel our, our, our team, um, bring in younger people, um, uh, you know, who've got a, you know, 10, 15 year sort of vision on, on where they think, you know, craft beer should be. And, and so we're actually down to just, you know, I mean, the exciting thing for me, we're in, into the sort of block and tacking tackle of right, um right. of sustainability of of becoming of, of continuing to be a healthy brewery and um you know back to those right back to the beginning where we all started with dba mm-hmm. you know um you know mm-hmm. i i got truly excited about english pale ales when i wandered around um the fuller's brewery in chiswick in the uh <laughs> in, the, in the in the late 80s and um you know bumped into this sort of octogenarian um you know, by the name of Fuller, um, with a, a, you know, 20 year old black Labrador. And they were both sort of like, um, moving very slowly around a a brewery that was 150 years old. And it just seemed right. Everything about it was right. And I think, you know, it's important that, um, craft brewers, um, who've spent the last 25, 30 years sort of getting to a point and a scale where, you know, they, they can really make an impression on their communities and their regions is making sure those breweries are, you know, healthy and they've got a, they've got a long-term plan and that, um, you know, they, they continuing, they continue to be able to innovate. So that's our focus at the moment is, is just to sort of um, continue to stay healthy. Indeed. Well, I'm happy you are happy you guys are innovating, happy DBA exists. It's, I mean, yeah. And happy you're doing everything you're doing. Cause it's clearly, Kyle and I have been super lucky again to speak with you and Matt and Sam and enjoy all these amazing beers this season. So it, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome. We're happy you're here. I know I speak for all the drinking socially listeners. I mean, it's, it's been a blast going on this, this liquid journey so far. And of course, exciting. There's much more to come. It's going to be great. Good news. Thanks for your time guys. Yes. Thank you as well, David. Cheers. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. All right. Woo. Great stuff. Just good, good stories. Good, even, even better beer, quite honestly, Harrison. And, um, 
don't know if you caught this. So we uh, over on YouTube, we do we do this this show for for audio listeners. They may not yeah. know this. This show is over right. on YouTube. You can go watch. You can see our, our you see our face. You can see David's face. You can see see us reacting. You can see the very strange poster <laughs> that I don't quite know what it is in Harrison's room, but that's that's for you to find out uh, if you go over to YouTube. The other thing you can catch on YouTube right now, if you subscribe, is the newest episode of Next Exit. You do need to go over there, subscribe, press the button, the bell, do, you know, all the stuff that they tell you to do over on the YouTube channels. <laughs> I'm not, I'm bad at it. I'm, I'm definitely not the person to tell you to do it, but but I am. I'm asking, would you? be great. We, we need you over there. It's a lot of fun. Kenny kills it. He goes to a lot of cool breweries around Baltimore, um, along with City Brew Tours. They give him like the behind-the-scenes look at a couple, couple of really great breweries there. Um, and there's more to come. A couple more episodes this season. So I know when we released the first, and people were like, "More? Where's more? Yep, there's yep. a lot more. We're here. Here, we're here now. Lots more of that. So enjoy that um, with Kenny." Um, any other untapped updates, Kyle? I'm thinking of we might not have any, which is we, <laughs> we've got we've got some updates coming. Uh, there there's some small fixes and updates coming. I've heard from folks. I'm on I'm on the front lines. I'm reading the comments. I'm doing the thing that really they tell are. you not to do. Yep. <laughs> I'm reading the comments, and I, I see you. I see that there have been a couple of issues with search results on Android. I've seen that there have been a couple of issues with location services. We are working very hard right now to fix those issues. We're doing our best right now. So uh, if you can, if there is a next version, go update today. Go check out uh, the app stores. See if there's a little you know red bubble telling you to update your applications. Indeed. You should have something fresh Uh just freshly brewed apps just for you right there waiting. So <laughs> trying, trying, <laughs> trying to innovate uh, ourselves and, uh, and fix up some, some issues, some longstanding issues for folks, but uh, yeah, go update, go update today. That's right. But I'll do that. And I think I've already done it. I'm sure. I hope I have. Um, if not, I'll check. I'll be good. And other than that, I'm going to continue to enjoy this Prabolita probably to get DBA number two. My night is set. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm that's be. that's it. I've I've called it a no right. emails, no that's right. hold hold the calls right. for the rest of the evening. This is this is right. good. I'm I'm good with this. Throw the computer out the window, um, and just <laughs> deal with the consequences of that tomorrow. No, but this was <laughs> awesome. I mean, really cool to have David on. That was pretty wild to talk about history and and insight. Um, yeah, so we have more during socially coming. Excuse me, we're going to sit down with another really great brewery. Not that actually David mentioned today towards mm -hmm. the end of the year to drink a, a seasonal that may be one of my favorite seasonals of all time. So I can't wait for that episode. I'm going to nerd out again. Kyle's going to be tolerant of that as you always are. Um, and we're going to have a blast. But until then, everybody, cheers. Have a great night. Cheers. <laughs>